Hello and welcome back to Highway to Hoover, a production of SEC Extra at D1Baseball.com, presented by Brock's Gap Brewing Company in Hoover, Alabama. I am your host, as always, Joe Healy, joined today not only by my trusty co-host Mark Etheridge, but we are also joined by a new Georgia head baseball coach, Wes Johnson. He has uh, taken a few minutes to take a breath and talk to us from what I'm sure has been a chaotic couple of months for him uh, on the job. We, we will certainly talk plenty about that, what his life ha- has been like. Uh, Coach, I, I appreciate you joining us today. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. I uh, really appreciate what y'all do, not only you know for the game of uh, baseball, but for college baseball in general. And um, just thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, let's actually, before we kind of get to where you're at now, let's, let's take a a step back and, um, you probably haven't had a ton of time to reflect on this, just given how busy you've been in this, in this new job, but, uh, kind of put us in the place of, of what it was like to go on that ride you had last year with LSU and, and to, to kind of win that, win the last game of the year, which only one team gets to do just, you know, at, at the risk of asking a dumb question, how, how cool was that? What was that experience like? Well, you know, it's, it was, uh, it was fulfilling, obviously, you know, when, when I left the SEC in 2018 um, and, and went into professional baseball, we had just dropped the fly ball to win the national title. So to get back there and um, and win it was obviously extremely special for me. Um, but the, the ride last year was unbelievable. I mean, just looking at the pressure we had to go through, I mean, uh, I, I don't want to speak so I'm gonna or misspeak but I think we were number one in the country for what nine ten weeks something like yeah. that maybe even a little longer I, I don't really get in into the actual number but it was a long time and you know there's a point where I you know Jay and I were talking and it it wasn't going to be the end of the world if if we lost one and got bumped out of there that that pressure <laughs> I think it, at some point was was starting to weigh on us a little bit at least in my opinion and um and then you know what we we did we we got tired down down the stretch of the regular season a little bit, uh, and then we really really pulled it together after Hoover. Um, and I think it you know I, as you guys know covering this sport and covering our league, man, the FCC tournament it, it's just like it's just another it's another weekend where you feel like you're playing, you know, uh, whoever right it doesn't matter and it's so tough and. Uh, so we weren't just devastated when we when we lost and had to go home a little early in that deal. Um, obviously, you want you're playing to win and you're trying to win the tournament. Don't, don't misunderstand me there. But boy, this was really one of those occasions where uh, I felt like we needed to rest. Uh, I think Jay did too. And we got home. We were able to catch our catch our breath, get our feet back under us, have a couple of really really good practices, and, and then you know went into regional play and. And, and got on a roll and then gosh you look at what what we had to do in Omaha too that to me um that was that was a tough run I mean you know you lose that game too you got to come all the way back out on your side on that loser's bracket and then obviously play the three game set and then take it to game three and uh, we played a lot of baseball in a short amount of time in Omaha but um I think that's you know, when I sit and reflect back, I'll think about the toughness and the resilience of that team and and just, you know, all the all the pressure and the hype that was with us and then being able to, you know, to fulfill it towards the end was some special. Yeah. Yeah. What, and 
I guess for you, it was even even more challenging because, you know, you take the Georgia job, but you're still wearing purple and gold for that stretch run. How did you manage everything? There's just one of you, right? So yeah. I, how are you being, you know, having two jobs at one time? Man, it was tough, uh, but it was good. You know, it was a good, I, I joked with somebody, I, you know, when I was with the Minnesota Twins, we we played like uh, 18 games in 17 days. And there was a West Coast swing in there and then back to the East Coast, not going through all that. And, and I joked, I said, well, I guess that was just kind of like uh, preparation for what I just went through. But no, it was, I would get up early in the mornings, you know, I was getting up at five and I would game prep and, and stuff for, for LSU from about five to nine. Then I'd be on the phone with players and portal players and recruits and so forth from about nine to one. And then you go play baseball and then you get up and do, do it all over again. And uh, gosh, we were there 14 days in, in Omaha and that's, what I did all 14 days. So, um, but it was, you know, it's, it's, it was good. We were winning. Uh, there was a lot of excitement. You don't, you didn't sleep much. I'm not a coffee drinker. So, um, I drank a lot of Red Bulls <laughs> and, and, you know, during that time. So yeah, yeah it was good. It was, it, it, I'll tell you what, it was, uh, it was a fast two weeks. I'll say it that way. I bet. Uh, yeah. Understandably. So, um, you know, you've had a, a long career as a, as a college assistant coach. You've alluded a couple of times to your big league experience with the twins. You just had a lot of opportunities. I have to assume you've had other opportunities to to explore being a head coach, but you've jumped in now at Georgia. So I, I guess broad question, why now? Uh, why Georgia? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think, A, I'm, I'm, you know, just from being able to run a program, I, I think people really overlook the value of being able to because there's a, there's a lot of really good baseball coaches out there, right? I mean, it's, there's a lot of smart people and stuff. I think I was ready to run a program. I think my time, you know, in the big leagues uh, prepared me for that. So uh, I, I feel ready on that side of things. Uh, why Georgia? Um, i tell you what, our, our director of athletics, Josh Brooks, I mean, this guy is phenomenal. I could talk about him for this entire, you know, uh, Zoom. But at the end of the day, Josh's vision the support, uh, his desire to win, um, and and really not only his desire to win, but put the things in place to do it, um, it made this decision really easy. Mm -hmm. Well, with the hiring process, I mean, when they for when they first contacted you to the time that you know that you had an agreement, was there a time when you know you had to make a decision? Hey, or, or maybe it dawns on you, hey, th this is really this is this is possible. I, I could get this job. I, kind of walk us through that, that journey. Yeah, it was, um, it, it was, you know, we, we were going into regional or we had just finished actually the SEC tournament when they reached mm -hmm. out to me or, you know, it was somewhere in, I don't remember the exact date. Um, but we're going into regionals and I was like, wow, man, I, 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 I think this thing's real. I think it might take off. Um, and that's when it hits you and you're just like, you know, and so, you know, obviously I, I, I'm pretty, I'm a very transparent person with stuff. And so I wasn't like, you know, I, I, I Jay and I had been talking about it and uh, I was keeping him in the loop and uh, just cause I felt like, you know, that's what you should do. And um, so when, when it came, it was like, okay. And then, you know, the offer comes and all the, those kind of things, mm -hmm. you're like, holy cow, this thing's really going to happen. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it was, um, it took it took a second. I, I remember after we won regionals, 
um, I was just sitting there going, wow, like it, this, this happened. And, and yeah, it was kind of surreal at that moment. Yeah, no doubt. You know, one of the things that, that I don't, we don't need to tell you this, but with Georgia baseball, that they're not foreign to having success, but consistency has been more of the issue and staying at a high level year after year after year. So obviously, you know, you're just getting in the job. You maybe can't speak on that, but just generally speaking, what is the secret sauce to kind of achieving that consistency in a league that's as highly competitive as the SEC? Oh, yeah, guys. I mean, I, it doesn't matter where you're at. I mean, nobody can come up and say, you know, we need power pitching, power hitting. Well, we all know the recipe. We all know the secret. You got to go get it. You got to recruit. Um, you, you better be recruiting every day, all day, you know, within the rules, obviously, as much as you can. And and trying to get really good players, right? I mean, um, so we, we've got to get back. They've had good players here, obviously, but haven't been to Omaha since 2008. And, um, you know, we, we've got to get a little different type of player in here, in my opinion. Um, and, and so that's what we, that's what we, you know, we went out. We were obviously extremely uh, active in the portal uh, with a lot of, you know, young men we signed. We ended up with 17 or 16 guys out of the portal. Um, and, uh, so you, you, it, it starts with your players, right? I mean, um, you got to get the right ones in here. Then they got to have the right mindset. Um, they got to fit, you know, the, the, the direction that you're trying to take the program. And, and when that happens, then you're going to have a chance for success, no matter where you're at. You mentioned the, the, the portal activity you guys have had, and that's obviously just a reality of, of where college baseball is at. If you're not, if you're not playing in that pool, you're, you're getting passed over there. But what do you think, what is your kind of relationship to the portal generally? This year's maybe a little bit different because you're trying to get something kickstarted, get something going. Do you anticipate that being a, a big part of your recruiting mix even moving forward once you're three, four, five, six years into this thing? Uh, I don't anticipate it being as heavy, obviously, as heavy as what it was this year. You know, it, it, it kind of goes back, right? I mean, everybody can draw up this cool uh, model on a piece of paper that says, we we build this through our freshmen and and these classes come through and and everything else. But um, reality is this: you look at the first, you know, Major League Baseball has gotten very very smart with the draft. Uh, in the first ten rounds, uh, could be a tick off here. I think it was maybe only two players didn't sign, maybe a few more. It's not very many. Um, Major League Baseball is pinning players down now if they're going to draft them if they're going to sign. So to sit here and say, yeah, we're going to build it through our freshmen. And then you look up and you, and you sign a really good freshman class. And, you know, hypothetically, there's 10 guys in there and five of them signed. You better, you better continue to be active in the portal. So what does it look like in the future? I, I think it's, you know, teams are still going to use the portal quite a bit. Um, hopefully you never have to, you know, or we never have to use it to the extent we did this year. Um, that, you know, that that's a complete, re, you know, uh, rebuilding of your roster when you when you bring in that many players but um in a perfect world you are you, you know your foundation is always going to be a good strong freshman class that's coming in that you're going to be able to have you know with you for two to three years depending on their age and and so forth so um i, I see it's using the portal hopefully not as heavy as what we had to this year hey everyone we're going to take a quick break from our discussion to hear a couple ads from our sponsors Wes, you've certainly, you know, carved a strong reputation 
position as a pitching instructor, right? So how did you, one, how would you describe your philosophy and how did it evolve to get to this point? Man, we, we, that's a, that's a good question. That. So, uh, it, you know, I think it just starts with, you, you know, um, it started way back when I coached high school baseball in the early two thousands and, you know, just trying to win. You're just trying to, um, I felt like, you know, back then I could get a, you know, get a young man to hit and, and be competitive in the box, so to speak. Uh, but, you know, I lost in the semifinals a couple years in a row when I coached high school baseball and I always would lose to the guy in high school who was getting drafted in the first round or, you know, the top five rounds, he would just beat us. Right. I mean, it just happens in high school. And, uh, I remember looking at, that's when I first met Brett Strom, a good friend of mine. He's uh Arizona Diamondbacks pitching coach now. And I said, Brent, man, I got to be able to, I got to be able to build one of those guys. Like we got to be able to develop. I know that there's talent and, you know, some different things. And so just kind of started there. I mean, you know, you start, you start looking for every way to win and, and not only win, but develop players. And, and so without going through that whole journey, you know, that was, gosh, that was back in 2003, maybe somewhere in there, 2002. Anyways, you know, you just start looking for ways to develop pitching because at the end of the day, you know, you can have a really, really good offense, as we all know, and that yeah, Paul Skeens is going to beat you. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you can have a really good offense, and if Paul Skeens is on, it doesn't matter. And so, you know, it was obviously back then. And, and so I just started building guys then. And, and, and you know, my philosophy on pitching is, you know, that that's a – Broad question for me from the standpoint of, I, I use it this way. It's a great question. It's just, I individualize so much. So, you know, if we've got 20 pitchers, I usually have 20 different philosophies because I really, over the years, have learned to customize, uh, you know, their stuff and their body movements to them. So, you know, I, I guess I can use two guys I had last year, Ty Floyd, who's got a ton of ride on his fastball and carry, and then Paul Skeens, who has, you know, some some late arm side run with a little sink at times. You, you can't treat those two guys the same as far as a plan or how you're going to attack hitters. And, and then obviously two different completely body types, you know, but um, so we train them different. Uh, they have different throwing programs and they have different game plans. I, I you know, Paul, obviously we, we everybody loves to talk about his fastball, but to give you another example, I think he gave up one hit in SEC play on his slider all year. Um, and that was an infield hit. But um, where, where Ty's going to be more fastball heavy just because he's got a better fastball. So uh, we really try to take what they do well and use that to, you know, to help them not only develop, but develop physically, but develop mentally as well. We'll follow up that tough to answer question with another one. And that's, you know, when you're when you're looking at pitching, you've kind of got a pie chart maybe in your mind of what you're looking for in terms of stuff versus pitchability versus competitiveness. And what's that balance? I mean, if you were to make your own pie chart, what do you want the biggest slice of the pie to be if we were to give you, you know, stuff and competitiveness and, and, and pitchability, understanding that, hey, look, if, if you got Paul Skeens, then you've got all of them, right? You've got 33% on each part of the pie. But what I mean, what are you kind of looking for there as you look to develop these guys? Yeah, you know, stuff stuff has to play. I mean, you know, there's that old saying, uh, 80 with heart, you know, it just is not going to play, right? I don't mean that 
Mm-hmm. Uh, that would be me now, but um, <laughs> you know, it just doesn't play. Uh, so, so stuff stuff still matters. Um, I, but but that once again, that can be a little broad of an area for me, just the way I think. I mean, uh, doesn't always mean the guy's got to throw ninety five. Um, for example, he could have a really good slider, and we, and we just got to use that. Or he's got something unique about him. I mean, we had Riley Cooper last year at LSU, and Riley threw a lot in the World Series, and he's going to top out at 92 or 93. But he's got some other pitches that really drive his stuff score for me. Um, so that's still there. And, and then the competitiveness. I mean, um, those two things go hand in hand for me. Um, once we get them some stuff, we got to be able to enhance it and develop it and so forth. But then we've got to be able to compete, as you guys know, this this league we play in is extremely tough. Uh, nobody's going to feel sorry for you or let you get up off the mat by any means. So you better be able to compete. Um, so, yeah, I, if I had that pie chart, gosh, I don't know, 40, 40. And then there's a 20 percent of a bunch of other things. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, those would be my two big ones. OK. You mentioned earlier that you, your time in the you know big league ball has helped you you know, for, for this role. Could you expand on that a little bit? Some of the, the nuances that you picked up that, that you can use today? Yeah, I think just keep the, the game moves so fast up there. I mean, like lightning, uh, whether it just be, I mean, you you can have a, a three-run lead and your guy's cruising and literally five pitches later, you're either down or the game's tied. So it moves mm-hmm. so fast. Um because the hitters, you know, are so strong. I, the the biggest thing, you know, you, you just look at game management. I think um, just managing bullpens. I mean, it's real there. Being in front of the game, or uh, uh, you know, staying ahead of of situations is really really big, um, or something that, that that I really learned a lot. I think lineup construction too, the way you you do matchup grids. Um, guys, I'm sorry, my light went out. <laughs> uh, doing matchup grids, um, lineup construction, and then positioning your defense, how important it is to, you know, understand how well guys move to their right or left. Besides just looking at a, a spray chart and, you know, shifting really hard, you also have to learn to put those guys in those positions based on their movements. Um, and then, guys, the last – well, I could talk about it a long time, but just the the mental process and the focus that uh, that big leaguers have is uh, it's, it's why they're there. I mean, there's you know you go to a big league spring training and then our spring training days would be over, and I'd walk down the hill to the backfields to see minor league spring training, and this guy's just as talented down there. There's guys you know throwing a hundred and uh, all over the place, and guys hitting balls to the moon and they just can't get over that mental hump or aren't able to focus as well. And um, so those are things I think that really stick out in my mind. Yeah. Whenever I feel like when you hear new head coaches say time and time again, no matter how long you've been an assistant or been in the game that you just kind of don't know what you don't know, getting into a head coaching role. Has there been any sort of over the last couple of months that you've been in the role? Has there been anything that has been an adjustment for you or something you knew about the job or didn't know about the job that all of a sudden has become a reality of just some different responsibilities. Take us a little through your adjustment period, if you don't mind. 
Yeah, I, I think you're always learning, right? There's always, especially today, uh, there's situations. But I've been extremely fortunate. I mean, gosh, some of the head coaches I've worked for, um, those guys are superstars, man. I mean, you know, what Dan Heefner and I did at Dallas, I mean, I'll just run through them. Dan Heefner, you know, that guy has, has got a model that that shows you that you don't have to be in a power five and you can be very successful. And, you know, just learning from him, uh, you know, I was with John Cohen for years, obviously athletic director at Auburn now. And John is, is wow, that guy, he's, he's sharp, man. Uh, Dave Van Horn, Jay Johnson, I mean, I, you know, gosh, uh, Dave, Dave doesn't have one yet, but he, he's going to get one before he's done. Uh, we should have got one together, obviously, in 18. But, um, you know, Dave, Dave is, I, I don't even know how many times he's been to Omaha now. It feels like about 20, but I don't know. It's not that. But, and then obviously Jay and I last year. So you've taken things from each of those guys and, and been around them and see how they handle it. And so when something does come up that you're not expecting, you know, you're able to reflect back on some of those guys. And, you know, I think a lot, you know, how would Dan handle this? How would Dan Heber handle this? How would, you know, so, and, and you just, you know, you draw off those experiences and those times. I draw a lot too off of, you know, I'll tell you what, man, the, the things that come up in, in, in the big leagues that you have to deal with is you guys can only imagine is, is a lot day to day. And, you know, I, I was, I had some come up the other day. I said, man, how would Rocco Baldelli handle this? And, uh, you know, Rock taught me a lot. And, um, you know, I, I, I still think about him and lean on him at times too, as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I draw off those experiences and, and being with those, you know, those coaches and how, thinking about how they would do things. You know, as you reload this roster, um, there's a lot of things that you can use to, you know, to attract talent, right? Um, certainly from a facility standpoint, you guys are, there's a commitment to, to enhance that. Uh, there's a great league to play in. There's, there's all this exposure, all this opportunity. What are some of the things that, that you really focus your message on when you talk to recruits? Yeah, I, we really talk a lot about development uh, here. That That's my mainstay. You know, I, uh, this, this obviously isn't a knock. Don't get me wrong. We're, we're getting really nice facilities and, and, you know, we got a $45 million upgrade coming and they've made a big commitment to, to baseball here. And, but, you know, let, let's, let's be real too. Like um, developments where it's at, you, you got to go get good players and you got to get them to the next level and, and you need those facilities to do that. But, you know, if you were to poll, there, there's 15 teams in the Grapefruit League and in, in uh, spring training in Florida. And if you were to poll every player who's – Tampa's going to kill me when I say this, but uh, who's got the – you know, probably the worst spring training set up from a facility standpoint, Tampa's going to be at the bottom of that. And, but yet they win every year, right? And and they do a phenomenal job. So uh, – but it's it's what they focus on. And, and it's how they continue to develop players. And and so, yes, don't get me wrong, facilities, we need them. They're great. I love them. Um, it, it does attract more players, and they're beautiful, and it's a commitment. At, at the end of the day, too, though, we got we got to continue to develop no matter where we're at and what our facilities are like. So we really talk to them about there's always another level. Um, we're going to get you there. We're going to develop you, and we've got a lot of technology in place to do so. We're certainly excited to see what the new look Georgia Bulldogs look like this fall and in ahead of the, the 2024 season. A lot of exciting things happening uh, there on campus, but I appreciate you taking a little bit of time out today to join us. Well, thank you guys. Thanks for having me. Yep.
That's going to do it for this edition of Highway to Hoover, a production of SEC Extra at D1Baseball.com, presented by Brock Scab Brewing Company in Hoover, Alabama. Thank you to Georgia head baseball coach Wes Johnson for joining us. Thank you, as always, Mark, and thank you, the listeners, for listening. We'll talk to you all soon. The Highway to Hoover podcast is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcasts.